morning, everyone. Welcome. Glad you're here today. It's good to uh, share this time of uh, worship and fellowship together. Happy Thanksgiving week. Uh, it is here upon us. I can hardly believe it. Uh, we welcome everyone today. We welcome our guests especially. Uh, we're glad that you're here and, and uh, a part of us, and we hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family. Let me remind every one of the attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you wouldn't mind to uh, fill those out and uh, so we can have a record of attendance with us. Uh, just give us whatever information you feel comfortable sharing with us. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, it comes out each Thursday, uh, put your email address on there and we'll put you on our list. It's a good way to keep up with the activities going on here at Community Baptist Church. Also, go ahead and check in on social media with your uh, with your your phone and uh, let everybody know where you are today. And a few a few announcements. Actually, people keep giving me announcements, so I hope I get them all today. Uh, we will be playing pickleball today at four o'clock. Uh, and with that in mind, we'll be taking up chairs. But I think we can we'll be safe just with taking up half of the chairs. So. Let's choose this half. Yeah. Okay, this half. We'll be taking up these, this half of the chairs. So if you could help do that after the service, uh, we would appreciate it. Also, uh, the Habitat uh, Pass the Toolbox toolbox is uh, still on our table back there, and it will be there uh, through the month of November. We'll ta- we're taking up contributions for Habitat for Humanity. And uh, if you'd like to put some money in there, if you'd like to put a prayer in there for Habitat, then you're welcome to do that as well. Our community Thanksgiving service is tonight at 7 o'clock, and that will be at uh, the Presbyterian Church. And so everyone is invited to, to be a part of that. And then afterwards, we'll have a, an ecumenical uh, fellowship. We're going to be eating pie. Uh, so that's a wonderful thing. Um, and this Wednesday, since uh, Thanksgiving is on Thursday, I know a lot of people will be busy. A lot of people are traveling. We will not be having any Wednesday. Wednesday activities on this Wednesday. A couple other things. Um, uh, on December the 8th, we need goodies. Um, uh, for a number of years now, we've been sharing goodies with shut-ins, and uh, so uh, we need goodies for that, So, but we need them to be here by December the 8th at 9 a.m., and then next Sunday, uh, we'll be meeting here at the church at 3 o'clock to decorate for, for the Christmas season. Uh, I can be- hardly believe I'm talking about Christmas. But uh, it is here upon us. So thank you so much uh, for uh, in, enduring all the busyness and, and for enjoying all the business, busyness because it really is a blessing. Um, it is the week of Thanksgiving. And, uh, I, and I, I need to say to you that I am thankful for each of you. I am thankful. I'm grateful for each of you and for being a part of this church. Uh, you, you fill my, my life with much joy and, and, uh, and I'm, I'm grateful for you. Um, and if you feel the same for each other, let me invite you to stand and let ex- let's express our gratitude to each other. If you're able to stand and and uh, just share the the love of Christ with one another as we greet each other. Thank you. 
Thank you. I wish I had that quote before I wrote my sermon. <laughs> it, would, it will fit perfectly. Let us pray together. We, the children of Zion, are glad. We rejoice in you, O Lord. You have poured out upon us blessings like abundant rain. Our threshing floors are full of grain. Our barrels overflow with the wine of your, of your goodness. We rest in your providence, your generosity, your loving kindness. 
we delight in your presence. Time and time again, you have shown us that you are in our midst, O God. Whether we have had little or much, whether we have suffered or prospered, you have been our faithful and sustaining God. When we were grieving our losses, you are there to lift our spirits. When we were sick and physically depleted, you are there to lift us up. When we were despondent in spirit, you were there to remind us that we are a blessed people. And when we were impoverished, you made sure that our needs were met. Since you have been faithful to show us your faith in these times of need, we ask in confidence that you minister to our current needs. Thank you. Thank you, God, for being with us. We, the children of Zion, are glad. We rejoice in you, O Lord. You have dealt wonderfully with us. You have redeemed us. You have led us by your hand. From the call of Abraham and Sarah to the birth of the church at Pentecost, to the birth of our congregation 24 years ago, you have led us each step of the way. You have provided leaders and faithful members who by God's Spirit have nurtured us and cared for us. And now we pray that you, that you call out from among us new leaders on whom you will pour out your Spirit. Anoint our sons and daughters, O God, to proclaim your word, to dream your dreams, and to see visions of grandeur for your church. And give us willing hearts to follow those dreams, to follow those visions. Mold and shape us by the dreams that you give to us, that we may be faithful and passionate witnesses of your love and your grace and your truth. May it be so in the name of our Lord, to whom we give much thanks. Amen.
started working at a publisher's house. The gentleman who was in charge of the publishing place was really discouraged with people who were bringing hymns and church songs because they were disgusting, he thought. So he hired Fanny to work there, and they would bring a melody, and he'd say, take it to Fanny and let her listen to it. And they would play it, and he, she would really say, or they would ask her, what does this say to you? And she'd think for a minute, and then usually within 30 minutes, she would have all the words. And so someone asked her what her secret was for writing her hymns, and she described her writing process this this way. Well, it may seem a little old-fashioned to always begin one's work with prayer, but I never undertake a hymn without first asking the good Lord to be my inspiration. So simple, but so powerful. Children, will you come down for our children's moment? Hello. Do you know what a blessing is? Oh, God bless you. Did I just say a good thing? Do you think that is a bless that a blessing is a good thing? Okay, God bless you. Do you think that a blessing is a good thing? Blessing is a good thing. It's a gift. Let me show you. Now I just just gave you a gift. Don't you feel blessed? (laughs) Jesse, we're good. (laughs) Didn't I just give you a gift? Didn't it a blessing? (laughs) But why why not? Why is that not a blessing? But didn't you know you can use this as a as a bookmark? Yes. Okay, maybe this will help. How about you guys draw a smiley face on your blessing? A great picture. Hey, you got yellow. You might not see that one. Draw. There we go. Perfect. Okay. So, oh goodness, you're not having much luck, are you? Now that you've got the smiley face on there, now do you feel more blessed? Well, good, yay. That's because a blessing isn't just any old gift. It's a gift, it's a good gift that is meant to be helpful, useful, or encouraging. How could you use these gifts now? Bookmark, okay. It's fun to give gifts, isn't it? It's even better when the gift is something that we can use or appreciate. When we receive that kind of a gift, it's a blessing. Why do we give blessings? Who do we give blessings to? Family, yeah. Friends. Huh? 
Yeah. Okay. Yes, he cares for us. Have you ever done anything wrong or bad? <laughs> you have. <laughs> do you think? Do you think God forgave you for that? No. Guess what he does. Yeah. What do you have to do? I draw a smiley face here. What do you have to do? Yeah. Well, yes. If you so someone says. To someone, yes, you have to say, or you can just be like, you know, just real quick prayer. Be like, God, forgive me for what I've done. I've, I've done something wrong, or I have been, um, you know, a, a brat. I've been ungrateful, right? Yes. So, lost my place. So, are these helpful gifts? Now, do you think that these gifts are meant for us to keep to ourselves? Guess what? Don't you think it might be more fun to give those blessings out to someone else? When you love them and when you forgive them if they hurt you? So, I would like for you guys to take these gifts that have been give, that you've been given and bless someone else. So, now that you've drawn your smiley faces on there, I'd like for you to um, think of someone that you'd like to give that to. But real quick, before we do, I want, let's pray. Okay? Dear Lord, thank you for these blessings that you have given us, whether they're small or whether they're big. But um, give us the strength to go out and give others the blessings that you have given us. In name I pray. Amen. So now that you've been given a blessing, I would like for you to go give it to someone else right now. Do you have yours? Do you have your book, your smiley face? Okay. All right, so I want you to go find someone in the congregation to give your blessing to.
If you will, bow your heads, please. Dear Lord, thank you for all the blessings of life. You remind us daily of all we are and all we have. Let us be truly thankful, especially now in this time of loving and giving and goodwill. Thank you for these tithes and offerings. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
pretty sure my mom is smiling right now, Jika. She loved your playing. Wow, that was beautiful. Um, the scripture today is Psalm 126 and Psalm 145. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we rejoiced. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the water courses in the Negev. May those who sow in tears reap shouts of joy. Those who go out weeping, bearing the seeds for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying, carrying their sheaves. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall laud your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. The might of your awesome deeds shall be proclaimed and I will declare your greatness. They shall celebrate the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his compassion is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your faithful shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
How many of you feel blessed today? Good, I like seeing that. <laughs> we have we have all been blessed today, haven't we? It's just been a blessing just to be here today. I'm I am so grateful for it. I want to begin this morning by telling you an, an old legend about a servant whose master died and left him a bag full of blessings. The master left a message for the servant telling him that the bag would always be full as long as the, as long as the servant remembered four magic words. And so the servant went out and he immediately began to use the blessings which filled the bag. And soon the bag was almost empty. So the servant remembered what the master had said, that the bag would always be full as long as he remembered those four magic words. But unfortunately, he forgot what those four magic words were. And even worse, he was almost out of blessings. So finally, he went to a wise man and asked for his advice on the matter. And the wise man suggested that possibly the four magic words were... I wish I had. I wish I had this. I wish I had that. And so the servant tried using those four words that the wise man suggested. He tried thinking of all of the things that he wanted, saying, I wish I had this. I wish I had that. I wish I had something else. But the bag was not replenished. And now he was really getting worried. So he stopped a stranger on the street and told him the the story and and he asked for his advice on this matter. And so the stranger suggested, well, maybe the four magic words are, give me some more. (laughs) And so the servant continued his journey and kept saying, give me some more, give me some more, give me some more. But the bag would not be replenished. And now it was almost completely empty. And so in despair, he sat down. The servant sat down. He was lonely and dejected. He took a piece of bread out of his pack and began to eat it. And about that time, a hungry street child, alone and abandoned, approached the servant and asked if he could have some of his bread. And it was obvious that the child was in desperate need. And so without even thinking about it, the servant gave the child some of his bread But before the child ate his bread, he folded his little hands and said a blessing. I thank thee, Lord. And all of a sudden, the servant's eyes lit up and he started dancing around in the street and he began uh, chanting loudly, That's it! That's it! The four magic words! I thank thee, Lord! And soon his bag was filled with blessings again. This is the week of Thanksgiving. It's coming up on Thursday. And I hope that this Thanksgiving that you don't forget those four magic words. I thank thee, Lord. I know that you're going to eat well on Thursday, aren't you? Some of you will probably watch some football games and enjoy your family time together. But I trust that you will not forget those four magic words. I thank thee, Lord. The psalmist certainly did not forget God's blessings. In Psalm 145, he wrote, Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. No one can fathom God's greatness. 
One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate upon your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. And then again in Psalm 126, we read, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. And then it was said, then it was said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are filled with joy. The psalmist did not forget how God had blessed the people of Israel. They remembered and they rejoiced. And we should not forget how the Lord has blessed us either. G.K. Chesterton once said that the test of all happiness is gratitude. Chesterton was a writer and a philosopher from the last century, and he's probably best known today for his his Father Brown mysteries on on uh, PBS and on Netflix. But but as a young person, Chesterton was baffled about the direction that his life should take, and and he described himself as being shipwrecked on an island of doubt and unbelief. However, he said that there was one exception. He said, I hung on to the remains of religion by one thin thread of thanks. I thanked whatever God there might be that there was any life at all. Now that may not sound like much of a deep statement of faith. But in the end, it was his sense of of gratitude, that, that sliver of thanksgiving that he had... That's what finally drove G.K. Chesterton to God. He was a brilliant man. He enjoyed debating some of the most illustrious contemporaries, like people like George Bernard Shaw and H.G. Wells and Bertrand Russell and, and Clarence Darrell. He was a man of many interests and accomplishments. However, the older he became, the more important his faith became to him. And it was his gratitude for what he perceived to be so many undeserved gifts that led him to a belief in God. And you know, I hope that some of us can relate to that. I hope that all of us can relate to that. We look over our lives and and we realize that we too have received so many undeserved blessings in our lives. Can we agree to that? We all have. And because of that, we find that it's, it's impossible to rule out the hand of God in our lives. And so at a time like this, it's a wonderful time for us too to utter those four magic words. I thank Thee, Lord. And when you think about it, how could we do anything differently? And by the way, those four words, they are magic. They are magic words. Because you see, those words are the key to a satisfied life. They are the key to happiness. 
Psychologist Juliana Brines wrote an article um, on gratitude that she published in the Washington Post a few years ago. And she says that over the past two decades, there's, there's been a lot of scientific research on happiness. And most of it can be boiled down to, to one main prescription. Give thanks. Pretty simple, isn't it? You, do you, you, think, you find that interesting? I find that to be tremendously interesting. You want to be happy? Give thanks. Across hundreds of psychological studies, this is what has been discovered to be the common denominator of happiness. Happiness is related to a sense of gratitude. Dr. Brian cites Robert Emmons, who is a leading scientific expert on gratitude. And he contends that intentionally developing a grateful outlook helps us both recognize good things in our lives and realize that many of the good things are gifts that we have been fortunate enough to receive. By making gratitude a habit, says Emmons, we can begin to change the emotional tone of our lives and thus create more space for joy and for connection with others. In her article, Dr. Brines lists some simple things that we can do to increase our sense of gratitude. I'm going to list just a few of them for you today. I'm going to list three of them for you today. And the first one is very familiar to those of us who have been in church for, uh, for, for a while. Here it is. Count your blessings. Count your blessings. Many of us grew up singing that wonderful hymn that says, When upon life's billows you're a tempest toss, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings. Name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. Well, Dr. Brines has taken that suggestion and run with it. And she suggests that we take some time every single day to make a list of three things that went well during the day. And I think that's probably a really good exercise. Unfortunately, some people focus so completely on the frustrating things that happen in our lives that we forget to focus on those things, both large and small, that have gone well. Simple blessings. Like a smiley face. You know? And there are a lot of things that go well in our lives. There are a lot of blessings that come our way. We just need to have the exercise, the mental discipline of thinking of those things. Bringing those things to our minds. And being grateful for them. And so Dr. Bryan suggests that we find three of them and give thanks for them every single day. Another helpful exercise that Dr. Bryan suggests is what psychologists call mental subtraction. Now you're going, what is that? Well, in the words of songwriter Joni Mitchell, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. But according to this exercise, mental subtraction, some, some um, 
it's sometimes just imagining that that something that you treasure is gone. And that's enough to make you appreciate what you've got all the more. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Years ago, Dale Carnegie wrote a book called How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. And in this book, he told the story about a friend of his named Harold Abbott. And Harold had hit rock bottom in his life. He was out of a job. He had lost all of his savings. He was deeply in debt. There was no way to go but up. And he was on his way to a bank to borrow enough money to go to Kansas City to look for a job. And he was just dragging bottom. He felt hopeless. He felt beaten. He was a man who, in his own words, had lost all of his fight and all of his faith. And then he saw something that banished all of his worries. Actually, he saw someone who banished all of his worries. He said it happened. It all happened in about 10 seconds. But during those 10 seconds, he learned more about how to live his life than he had learned in the previous 10 years. You see, as he walked down the street, going towards that bank, he saw coming down, uh, coming towards him a man with no legs. He was propelling himself on the street using his hands as he sat on a, on a wooden platform, kind of like a, a large skateboard. He was just kind of dragging himself down the streets on, on, this, on this skateboard type, type of a platform. And as that disabled man lifted himself up onto the curb, his eyes met with Abbott's just for a moment. And he greeted Abbott with this huge smile on his face as he said, Good morning, sir. Isn't it a fine morning? And as Abbott stood there, looking at that man with no legs, he realized how rich he himself was. He had two good legs. He could walk. And at that moment, in that revelation, he said he felt ashamed of his self-pity. He said to himself, if that man could be so happy and so cheerful and so confident with no legs, then he can certainly be happy with two legs. And so Harold Abbott walked confidently into that bank. He got that loan, and in short order, he got a job. Seeing that man with no legs with a, and a great attitude made Abbott appreciate the simple gift that we take for granted the gift of two legs that work just fine. And that increased his happiness. So count your blessings. That's the first suggestion. Practice mental subtraction. That's the second. Imagine that something you value very much is suddenly taken away from you and then it's restored. Think about how happy that would make you. And finally, express your thanks to someone. That's what psychologists say. Think of someone who has done something good for you and write them a a thank you letter. In his 2005 study on gratitude and happiness, psychologist Martin Seligman tested the effects of this very thing. 
writing and delivering a letter of gratitude. Seligman found that of the five different practices that the researchers tested, this practice had the greatest positive impact on happiness. And we can understand that, can't we? When we express gratitude to another human being, we make two people happy. We make ourselves happy, and we make the person that we thank happy. Robert McCormick was a sergeant in World War I, and he nearly lost his life while saving the life of Major Henry Parkin. And fortunately, both men survived the war. But from that day on until he died 25 years later, in April of every year, Henry Parkin wrote a letter of gratitude to Robert McCormick every single year. The last letter that Parkin wrote contained this brief note. Dear Bob, I again want to, thank, want to express to you my appreciation for another year of life, which I would not have enjoyed had it not been for you and the price that you are willing to pay to save my life. I want you to know I am grateful. Each time Parkin wrote that note to McCormick, it was a reminder to Parkin himself to give thanks for the gift of life. And both of these men were blessed by that one simple act. And of course, the, more, the most important words of gratitude that we can give are those that we give to God. I thank Thee, Lord. Words such as these psalmist wrote I thank thee Lord that remarkable woman Helen Keller was deaf and blind I should have thought of Fanny Crosby and used her as an example but Helen Keller was a wonderful example of faith as well she was deaf She could not hear a thing. She was blind. She could not see anything but darkness. And yet she never ceased giving thanks to God for the gift of life. She was not only grateful for her... for, for life, but she was also devoted to, to her life. She devoted her life to assisting those who shared her disabilities. She toured around the world to promote education for, for both deaf and blind people. And she said, For three things I thank God every single day of my life. Thanks that God has given me knowledge of God's works. Deep thanks that God has set in my darkness the lamp of faith. And deep, deepest thanks that I have another life to look forward to. A life that is joyous with light and flowers and heavenly song. I thank Thee, Lord. If a lady who spent her entire life in silence and in darkness could utter those four magic words and find both happiness and a sense of purpose, then don't you think that we could try to do the same? If a lady like Fanny Crosby, who was blind from a very young age, could write such beautiful hymns of praise... Don't you think that we 
could find something in our lives to offer praise for as well. Count your blessings. Use mental subtraction and remind yourself what life would be like without some of the blessings that that you and I take for granted. Express your gratitude toward those who have done something good for you. And most of all, thank God who is the source of all that is good in this world. Never forget those four magic words. I thank Thee, Lord. Amen. Let us sing with grateful hearts our closing hymn, Jesus, Keep Me Near the Cross. What a wonderful prayer that is for us as we draw our time together to an end. Keep me near the cross, O Lord. so much. Be seated for just a moment. We've got a little bit of business to take care of, and that is uh, a blessing for all of us, a blessing to me. Mark Chumber wants to join our church. <laughs> Can I tell the story about that first Sunday that you came? <laughs> 
Mark and I, and I'm not, I'm trying not to give Mark a hard time, but that's really hard for me to do because we have that kind of a relationship. We, we, we give each other a hard time all the time, and, 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 and it's a, all, in, all in good fun and love, of course. Uh, but I guess about six weeks ago or so, um, I, I was preaching here on Sunday morning about miracles. Y'all may remember the service. And early that morning, I texted Mark and I said, the topic at, at Community Baptist today is on miracles. It sure would go a long way to me, towards me believing in them if you showed up today. <laughs> And I'll be dog- I'll be doggone if he didn't. <laughs> and he's been here every Sunday since then. So miracles do do exist. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Mark. Um, Mark is a good friend and, and a great person, and um, and and we're glad that he has been with us these weeks, and we're be- we're glad that he wants to make this decision to officially unite with Community Baptist Church and make this his family of faith. So please join. Join me in raising your hand and saying amen. Uh, welcome. Amen. Mark? Uh, I, I, you, you heard the spiel uh, a week or two ago when, when Tegan joined the church. Every member of this church is a minister. That's who we are. That's what we do. That what, that's what makes us function. We are ministers of God. We minister to one another as a family of God. We minister to the people outside the doors of this church. So we look forward to ministering to you in the days ahead. And we look forward to your ministry to us. So... So, let's stand and have our benediction. Let us go from here. Let us always be thankful for all of our many blessings. Let us have gratitude in our hearts to the Lord. Let our lives overflow with praise and thanksgiving. And the God of all love and grace, the giver of every good and perfect gift, will fill your life with happy songs of joy. Amen.